0: We were wrestling
1: through, what will this record be? Do we have more in common than we realize? What is the big idea for this song?
2: When we actually engage with people that are different than us, that have different beliefs, or look different, or think different, it doesn't compromise our faith. It actually reflects the very best of it.
0: May the seeds of peace grow in the hearts of us.
2: Some skills we need to acquire is the ability to listen longer than feels comfortable. In that moment that someone's sharing their perspective that we adamantly disagree with, we need to listen longer.
1: All is not lost. The making of a Brilliance album. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Brilliance podcast. In this episode, we're going to premiere the track, Turning Over Tables. Now, we just finished an album, All Is Not Lost. It's coming out early 2017. But really, we're unpacking it for you in the form of this podcast. So just keep coming back and you'll catch new tracks with every episode. This episode features our friend, John Huckins, who leads the Global Immersion Project. He has some stories that are just astounding. And I hope they impact you as much as they've impacted me. Just a reminder, all the music you're going to hear in this episode is derived from the track we're going to premiere. So as we unpack the ideas of the song, I'm also unpacking the musical content in a certain way. It's become a really fun project for me, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm going to send it over to Dave now. This is episode four, Turning Over Tables.
0: This song is something that evolved over time. I had an idea for a song that had some of these lyrics, and yet it took about a year to morph into another song and then another song idea, and it never quite was working. We had the wonderful opportunity to go to Australia, and while we were there, we got to actually write with some guys from Hillsong who were wonderful writers. We came up with this... Verse, fear runs deep, spreading like a virus. Hate is cheap, from afar it costs you nothing. We showed the song idea to Matt Marr. We were writing in Nashville. And out came this song, Love is Turning Over Tables. <laughs> and then came the idea of Charles.
3: Turning over tables. So maybe you just play
0: a clip, <laughs> like, just Charles' voice or something, you know what I
3: mean? No longer
0: Charles is one of the most amazing vocalists I've ever heard, and he's a good friend. And he just brings something to the song that felt like gave it new life. And it's a song and a message that really plays into the narrative of the brilliance. Being able to see the other, to be able to see a stranger, and have compassion. Our courage is learning how to listen.
1: And now, John Huckins.
2: I lead an organization called the Global Immersion Project, and we're a peacemaking training organization. What I've learned in my journey as a peacemaker and and as a peacemaking trainer is there's there's a lot of stereotype and stigma around peacemaking as some kind of soft, euphoric ideal that it sits at 30,000 feet. And (laughs) even when I tell people, I lead a, a peacemaking training organization. There's almost this, uh, this pat on the shoulder, like, hey, good luck with that. I'm glad you wanna live in the clouds in your fairy tale. And um, the more I'm looking at the way of peace as the way of the cross is actually giving up one's life for the flourishing of another. It's choosing to actually move towards those that look and think and believe differently than us at the cost of our own reputation. There's no better classroom to teach peace than actual global conflict. And bottom line is there's no better instructors for the work of peace than those that are actually practicing it in the middle of those conflicts. We also have what we call a learning lab around immigration down here on the border between Tijuana and San Diego. And we really try to create space to learn the human face of immigration. It's something that's so politically filled with rhetoric and polarizing perspectives. The reality is there's a lot of people that are migrating from south to north into the U.S. And to do that, they have to walk through days in the deserts where a high percentage of them died. 10,000 people have died trying to cross this border. Let's remove the politics from this and just understand that we are all image bearers. We are all human. And so uh, we've actually partnered with them to go bring water into the desert and leave water at these different points throughout the desert where folks are most vulnerable. So when they're about to, 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 to give up from physical exhaustion, they can have the nourishment they need to continue on their journey. Now, there are all kinds of political implications to that but the work of peace requires that we subvert our tendency towards maintaining our reputation that comes at the expense of those who need us to leverage our reputation, and leverage our privilege. And so it's costly. Like when I think about moving into conflict, moving towards polarizing issues, I've received more critique and borderline hatred than I ever have in my life by choosing the way of peace because it's so countercultural it's so counter American empire, it's so counter American Christianity that when we actually live the way that Jesus invites us to live as peacemakers, we're gonna probably receive more critique and it's gonna be at a higher cost than we've ever experienced before. In that moment that someone's sharing uh, their perspective that we adamantly disagree with, we need to listen longer. We need to begin to confront the script that's running in our head for how to correct them, and we have to seek to understand them rather than to be understood ourselves. Oftentimes we listen not through the lens of curiosity, we listen through the lens of how can I offer critique, uh, which isn't listening at all, and it's certainly not seeking to understand. So what if we actually communicated in such a way where we didn't assume we had to end up believing the same things, but we created a space for us all to be heard, and in that space, Uh, do honor to our relationships and have a constructive conversation about social change and politics and theology not at the compromise of relationship but actually strengthening a relationship we had a group of academics down here provosts and presidents of some of the leading christian universities across the country you know these people are brilliant they have the answers to their theology and their politics and their philosophy we gave them a few-day experience where we're meeting with Border Patrol, we're spending nights in deportation shelters in Tijuana. We're learning all angles of the immigration reality. The experience culminated uh, in San Diego. We're sitting around this conference room where we invited our friend Noemi in to share her story, and she's a friend that lives in my neighborhood. She's undocumented. She's 22 years old, and a synopsis of her story is one who was brought into the country really young, and was unbelievable in school. She had huge aspirations to go to art school to pursue her craft. And at 18, she actually got a a full ride scholarship to uh, an art school in San Francisco. And she went home to tell her parents this incredible news. And they began to tell her for the first time that she's undocumented. She can't go. Her status would be potentially found and it could lead to her deportation. She's crushed, like her dreams for a future are all now in limbo. Instead of, you know, of moping in that reality, she actually chose to use her influence and what she knew about herself to help others who were in her situation, Start teaching workshops to to lead others towards citizenship. And so she's telling the story to this group of academics who have theoretically the answers, and now they're staring into the face of the undocumented community who right now politically, you know, the rhetoric is all of these people, all 12 million undocumented folks in our country will be deported. And and they're looking in her eyes. And they see someone that's not a leech on our society, but someone that's a core contributor to our society. And so she finishes her story, and there's this thick pause around the conference table. And I just let it sit and linger. The provost of one of these institutions leans in and said, Noemi, I want to offer you a full ride and admission to our university. And then another university leans in and says the same. And a third says the same, we want you at ours. And so it was this moment where this group of academics intentionally displaced themselves in a reality that was very uncomfortable and very unfamiliar. And it was only there that they could actually have the eyes to see the way Jesus sees, to see the eyes uh, of themselves in the eyes of the other. And uh, they were transformed as a result. And our friend Noemi actually was given an opportunity at restoration and something that was very... Uh, broken within herself around her status and her academics. So it was a remarkable movement of uh, exposing ourselves to the other so we can actually be changed and transformed.
0: Let seeds of peace grow in hearts around us. That trees of hope bring shade to all mankind. I got to go this summer to Italy. And I got to go on a trip where I was going to meet Pope Francis for... A couple of hours and so I decided to go to Assisi. I'm just kind of trying to take it in and go to this huge cathedral and there's this monument to St. Francis, his place that he was buried. And then I walk through this garden, it's a peace garden. Everywhere that I go in this garden I'm seeing these pictures of different people from all around the world, from different religions coming in the name of peace. I see Yasser Arafat from Palestine, I see the Dalai Lama, I see pictures of Gandhi, I see pictures of all these different leaders and all these different people making this pilgrimage to this place of peace. On every picture they would have these little either prayers or verses, verses from the Quran, there were verses from the Hebrew scripture, there were verses from the New Testament. One of the things that captured my attention was this line and it said, may the seeds of peace grow in the hearts of men. For me, it felt like a mantra from my family, my community, all the way to what I've tried to devote my life to as a songwriter, of trying to be able to hopefully have music that brings people together and doesn't always tear people apart.
2: When we actually engage with people that are different than us, that have different beliefs or look different or think different, it doesn't compromise our faith. It actually reflects the very best of it. In that moment that someone's sharing uh, their perspective that we adamantly disagree with, we need to listen longer. I was raised in a Western microcosm of evangelical faith, which offered so much good stuff, but also was very limited in worldview. And so for me, yeah, when I'm in Israel-Palestine and I have the opportunity to learn from Muslims and Jews, as well as a bunch of Christians, but Muslims and Jews specifically, who have a different tradition than I do, who are also pursuing the work of peace, like the hard work of peace—not just stating stuff, sitting with the quote-unquote enemy who has killed their child in this conflict—and they're choosing to find commonality in the loss of blood of their loved ones. Like this is, this is unbelievably subversive peacemaking work that is fueled by their faith as Muslims and Jews. And so it forces us to ask the question, as Jesus followers, as Christians, what's giving them the capacity to choose to live like Jesus in many ways that we struggle with ourselves? When I'm in a place like Israel-Palestine and I'm I'm sitting with my Muslim friend who, uh, is at the epicenter of the Muslim faith. He teaches at Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem, which is the third most holy site in Islam. And he sits with our group of Christians to share his story, to share where at the center of his faith is actually waging jihad. Waging jihad on the evil within. We actually talked to him at one point about the phenomenon of Islamophobia in the West and this perception of jihad as going out and killing all of these people that we hear about in our news cycles. And he said, no, 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 the most accurate interpretation of jihad is not about waging war against others. It's about turning to yourself and confronting the evil within. You are waging war against the evil within because when you do that, you can actually live as an instrument of peace in our world. And so I'm sitting at the feet of this sheikh who teaches at Al-Aqsa Mosque? Thinking that is some of the most remarkable transformative insight I can imagine. It doesn't compromise my faith to learn from those outside of my tradition. It actually strengthens it. It shows that my conviction is deeper than you know the, the shifting tides. Uh, it's something deep in my core. And when I when I begin to listen and learn from those outside of my tradition, it strengthens and it builds these interfaith collaborations that actually have the potential to heal our broken world. When I begin to confront the evil that I carry towards others around prejudice and stigma and stereotype, that's the work of being formed as a peacemaker, and it's my Muslim friend who's teaching me that.
1: We now present to you, in its entirety, Track 5, Turning Over Tables.
3: Turning it on the table, tear down. When I see you in a stranger
1: Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can learn more about our new album on our website, thebrilliancemusic.com. Please be sure to follow us, The Brilliance Music, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for album videos. We also would love to address any questions you may have and would love to hear about what you think about these songs. So email us at thebrilliancemusic at gmail.com. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and rate it on iTunes. Share with your friends, neighbors, loved ones, or anyone who will listen. It's your support, whatever that means for you, that makes it possible for us to do this. And we're grateful. Special thanks to John Huckins.
2: The Global Immersion Project, peacemaking training organization. Our website is globalimmerse.org. on Twitter, it's at Global Immerse, and I'm personally at John Huckins, J-O-N, H-U-C-K-I-N-S. Sign up for our newsletter at the, on our website. We actually um, have, we'll have regular mailings of stuff that's coming out through our organization, and then we profile peacemakers across the world every month in what we call our monthly peace, where we talk about tangible practices for, for living out the everyday work of peace, and then we highlight people around the globe that are doing it, um, that we need to celebrate and see as our heroes in today's culture. Until next week, this is John Arndt signing off.
1: This podcast was produced by John Arndt and David Gunger. All interviews conducted by David Gunger. Editing, sound design, and mix by John Arndt. <laughs>